Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, we speak with Andrew Berry, a gamer and fundraiser who has combined the two to raise thousands of pounds for the causes he wants to support. Andrew talks about the mechanics of setting up a gaming to fundraise event, how everyone can do it, and how charities can encourage and support their fundraisers with this type of fundraising. So, whether you are a gamer yourself or want to raise funds for worthy causes or work for a charity looking for additional support for your beneficiaries, there's lots here that will be of interest. So, without further ado, here is Andrew Berry talking about being a gamer for good. fundraiser and gaming streamer. Welcome, Andrew, to Charity Chat. Hi, how are you doing? Very well. So, yeah, thanks ever so much for being on the show. And we're talking today about get the Gaming for Good series. We've had a, a couple of Gaming for Good episodes, and uh, and we're talking today about, from your perspective, um, what it is to uh, to stream, live stream gaming and fundraise from it. Yeah, so basically, um, so a little bit of background about me. I started streaming on Twitch about two and a half years ago, and I've been fundraising for about two years now on the platform. Um, so I primarily, it's changing up this year, but I started off, um, I've set, I'm registered as a fundraising champion for Lancashire Mines, so I, I primarily raise funds for those. Uh, and so it started off really um, where a friend was organising like a 70 70- two hours sort of gaming where people would pick a three hour slot and they would all raise money for mind at the time and that that worked really well and then after that then some things happened with my little brother where he reached out to Lancashire Mind for help and and things kind of fell in at the same sort of time to become a thing that I, I start doing more regularly so what was it that you your kind of your um the impetus for you uh, doing it for mind uh, Lancashire mind in the first place was because um your your little brother was benefiting from from the, the work they do I suppose it was um, a few things that was obviously a major part of it it was also realizing that even as someone who hasn't got massive reach in terms of social media I don't get I don't hit like the massive views I'm not a full-time streamer sure but I was still able to have a, a bit more impact than I thought I would. So from that, I kind of realised that maybe I could do a bit more around in this sort of way. And and is is gaming? So was gaming then your your kind of passion, your interest uh, before this? So you were a gamer, were you before you became a fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've always gamed. Um, back back to when I was like twelve, thirteen years old, I've been gaming. So yeah, ga- games always been a passion of mine. And when I when I first started live streaming, I didn't have any thoughts of doing this sort of charity side of things, but over the last year and a half, two years, it's kind of become a, a main sort of theme of what I do when I stream and stuff now. So what, we're going back to this. Uh, so you got into it through this uh, Lancashire Mind event, the 70, 70 well, so, hour. No, it? so it wasn't oh, Lancashire Mind, sorry. to 
it was um, it was a, another streamer had organised. It was a seventy-two hour block where she had rounded up a bunch of people she knew to fill a three-hour slot. Right, and they, and they were raising money for Mind. It always gets a bit confusing to speak about Mind and Lancashire Mind because obviously they're two distinct entities, although they're fairly similar. Sure. So so she had organised that for Mind, and I and I got involved and picked a slot, and it, it went really well. And from there, I, it kind of set me upon this path that I've been on the last year and a half, two years. Brilliant. And with that 72 thing, so it, it, everyone had their slot. Was it that people, it was almost like a relay event, was it? That everyone yeah, would pass yeah, to the other? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty much a relay event. So basically on Twitch, what you can do is when you finish a stream, you can raid other streamers. Mm-hmm. And what that does, it sends all the viewers from your channel to their channel. Oh, cool. So, and that's basically how it, that's basically how we sort of conducted it. So everyone, everyone sort of did their slot on their own channels and everyone, we just raid and sent the viewers along. So people who were watching would just kind of pass through everyone that way. Right. Okay. So, and, and then you, you took that uh, experience and uh, then you thought you'd, you'd kind of do something similar. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's so things I've done in the past. Like, so it started off with me doing a 24 hour game marathon with it just being me. Crikey, so that was it. just you 24 hours non-stop gaming? Yes. Blind. Okay. <laughs> so so now that's become like a, a year a once a year thing on the channel now. Yeah. So and then with that I set a bunch of incentives and donation goals and things like that. Hmm. And they and they they're generally really well well received. They they take a lot of planning cuz rather than just doing it it's sort of thinking of sort of incentives and goals. So for example, if in the last one, if someone donated twenty pounds, I would um, pull a leg wax strip off my leg. For example, <laughs> that that seems to be quite a popular one. Yeah. And then other ones is where if I hit a certain goal, I have to, I have to do like a hot wing challenge and things like that. Right. Okay. And so there's there is there a video on you at the same time as there's a video on the screen, kind of so to speak, so that people can see the gaming but they can also switch to looking at you or how does that work? So the way that sort of things works is, so generally when, when I'm gaming that I'll be like in the bottom left-hand corner. Right. But when obviously when I was doing these forfeit stuff, I could switch to so it's just a camera on me so that you take a bit of a break from the game at that point and like that for the, for the, for the forfeits and things like that. Right. Okay. And, uh, and was it, did, did you find that supporters were looking for things that were going to kind of cause you uh some kind of pain with the with the leg waxing and things like that. I, I would suggest so, yeah. So, it, it, although put myself through the mill a bit, it, it did work. Um, yeah. So the last one we did was back in September, and in twenty four hours we raised. I think it was one thousand and twenty pounds. Brilliant! That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So, so last year I, I've also done things like started hosting charity tournaments and things like that, mm-hmm. as well as other ways. So. I'm hosting another one in February, for, and but this time I'm doing this for special effects. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I'm kind of branched out a bit this year as well. So I'll still do some fundraising for Lancashire Mine, but I'm going to start helping other charities as well. You've spoken about special effects previously in blogs and stuff like that, uh, and they're they're doing a really good job engaging the gaming space. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the, and the good thing about 
when I raise money for Lanchamine. It's very strange because normally when you fundraise for like a regional charity, the people that donate are kind of in that region. So if it's a county or a country or whatever like that. But yeah. I've got people who watch who are from America and from Canada, from mainland Europe, and they're all donating to what to a, to a regional charity because it's a cause that I believe in and they get to see me wax, wax my legs and be in pain and stuff like that. So it, it's really an opportunity that I suppose any charity can, can try and see if they can take advantage of to a degree. And, and how have you built up this audience, Andrew? Is it, is it that you've, just, you've built this audience up through your, your, uh, your daily or weekly uh, gaming and, and building up your channel, and that then occasionally when you do these charity events, it's that audience that then see that? Is that how it works? Yeah, so um, I generally, I'm generally streaming four times a week, um, sort of like three-hour slots in an evening after work. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I've just built my own through gaming, through meeting other people, through gaming and things like that. Um, and yeah, so basically, I don't obviously I don't do too much charity stuff all the time. You don't want to overload that, but sure. every, every few months we have a charity thing, and generally you get a lot of people that you've met, even if they don't necessarily regularly watch what you do, they'll come by for the chat because they don't want to, they don't want to miss it. got into fundraising and the fact you've been gaming for a number of years what is it what kind of tips and advice would you give because you know with the um with the series that we've done on this we've had a lot of uh, charities uh, listening and and getting in touch and finding out more and presumably then taking that information and getting more involved in gaming for good so what from your perspective having done this for now for a few years what what tips would you give to anyone listening um I suppose, firstly, on a kind of a fundraising level, so people out there who maybe game or don't game want to raise some money for charity, what tips would you give to them, first of all? I'd say, I'd say the first few things I'd say is, one, take your time and organise it. It, it. An online gaming event is just like any other event. It needs planning and it needs a bit of structure to it. Yeah. Um, so I've seen a few people who say, oh, on Friday we're going to do a charity stream, and then on Friday they do the exact same broadcast they would normally do, the same game, the same sort of style and everything, and it, it loses the effect of being an event. Sure. So regardless of it being a gaming event or a, a physical event, it's something that's a bit out of the ordinary. So you need to think of things you can do to make that event in that sort of style so it's a bit more than just your regular sort of content. And so those, those types of things, the kind of tactics you were using were things like the... Uh... Yeah, the, the rewards for um, for gifts and things like that. So uh, leg waxing or uh, whatever, those kind of things. Yeah, so with that, it, I had sort of other goals that were sort of for lower donations as well. Like, uh, do you know what the Bean Boozle jelly beans are? No, I don't know if I do. So, what, what are they? so what they are is basically you get a box of jelly beans and you've got uh, various colours of jelly bean, and, but it's a 50-50 chance of whether it's a good flavour or a bad flavour. Right, okay. So for a £5 donation, I would just grab some of those and eat those and hope they're good flavours or not. Yeah. But So the idea is that you have suggested amounts to donate because that helps tick things over. Yeah. And then also having goals where – it doesn't necessarily even have to be goals that you do in that event. So one of one of my goals was to play a, a do a sort of a scary game playthrough. Right. 
when we hit, I think it was eight hundred pounds, mm-hmm. something like that. And so, so people really rallied around that because they wanted to see me play a, a scary game on my stream in the coming weeks after the event and things like that. So you can think of things that people may like. So you can even reach out to people if you've got people that already watch you or you know people. You can reach out and ask them what they'd like to see. Yeah, things like that. But I'd say, I'd say the main thing is to take some time and sort of figure out what incentives and goals you can offer. Because I think they're the things that really sort of encourage people to donate because you get to a point where you're 10, 15 pounds away from a goal. And that gives you a sort of a cue to sort of really drive for donations and you can maybe have something else in your back pocket and say, if you hit this within the next 10 minutes, I'll do this or things like that. So I think having sort of a bit of structure around the event is something that really helps out. And I, for me, I found that having those things have been really popular. And and was it that you you kind of are you having a dialogue for that entire time with your audience? So I guess people are coming and going, but you're there the whole time. Are you essentially talking for twenty four hours while playing these different games and doing these kind of different uh, forfeits or, or you know goals meeting your goals? Yes, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, I'm I'm fairly lucky in a sense that the early early morning hours. Because I've got a couple of people who watch. I've got a few people that watch are like based in like America and Canada and things like that. Yeah, the time zones kind of help, but so it's, it is a bit more difficult in like the quieter hours. Sure. But sure. but the the general thing is yeah, because obviously they can type in chat and I can read their comments and reply and things like that, and that's how the interactions generally happen. And and what games were you favouring? Are you kind of doing kind of shoot 'em up games or you know different types of um, different kind of genres of gaming? What, what? I, I play all sorts of games. Uh, and there isn't a particular genre or, or things like that that I do. So to start off the 24-hour charity stream, I was doing a game called Twitch Sings, which is basically, so basically it was karaoke. Oh, right, so, okay. Uh, uh, so people could donate with song requests. Yeah. And then we were play, there were games like PUBG, there were, um, what are the games, there were Rocket League, things like that. And then I ended on Just Dance. Oh, blimey. So, so by this point, you must have been pretty knackered. And uh, yeah, they got you yeah. dancing around the room, did they? Well, it, you just, I don't know, I, I found that you just end up getting through it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and was it that, uh, are there, did you find some, do some games work better than others? I mean, things like the karaoke game, that strikes me as a good one because I guess then people can form the experience a bit can't they if they're giving you requests then they can uh, they can hear you sing the song they want you to sing i think with that side of things it's going to differ for everyone because some because i'm not particularly gifted at games right whereas other people are so if so, if someone's really good at a game say you're really good at Fortnite, mm-hmm. what you can then do is have incentives and things like, oh, you've got to drop your weapons and things like that to make the games more difficult. Right, okay. So you can kind of craft the sort of thing you can do based on what games you play, how good you are at them and things like that. So mm. I think because I generally play a variety of games and do that, having these things that you wouldn't necessarily associate with me are a bit more palatable because they used to see me play all sorts of things. So adding something else in, it, it, it kind of works. Whereas you have some people who sort of dedicate themselves to one game and play that. Yeah. So with those sorts of people, I'd maybe recommend 
sort of working around what goals you can set that affect the game in a way as well. Because there's plenty of streamers that do charity streams that do Fortnite, for example, and they have things where they have to drop things. And when they overcome those hurdles and win, it's a great sort of positive moment for everyone. Everyone gets hyped and stuff like that, and that can drive more donations. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like it, in the face of adversity, you still manage to get the win type thing. Sure. And then I guess people feel that they're part of your team, do they? Because then, then you're, they're encouraging you to do things, almost like a kind of a rocky trainer, and then you're going on to win, and uh, they must feel a sense of solidarity with you and yeah, with the cause it, as well that you're trying to support. They're great. They're great unifying experiences because um, obviously the people that watch understand that you're going through some. Like if, I, if I'm doing a 24 hour stream, I'm doing something that's quite difficult to do generally. Yeah. But then they're also there as well, and then, and then as you start hitting goals as well, it's like everything. It's a, just a general feel good factor for everyone. Uh, and I found that they're really sort of good sort of pivot points that sort of unify everyone around a good cause, and that's also reflecting the viewership of, of those charity streams and stuff. That I'll sort of three to four times my average viewership in these charity events because oh, everyone's getting behind it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess people are telling each other about it. And, and over 24 hours, you might find that your audience gets um, kind of bigger as more and more people realise that you're doing it. Did you have, um, did you have other people in the game kind of, yeah, kind of who, who are gamers pointing their audiences to you or anything like that? Um, well, you, you share the word. It, it's, I, I don't necessarily know where everyone came. I know a few of the people, but some people I didn't necessarily know. Yeah. Well, they found me that I didn't necessarily ask at the time but obviously you share the word with so when you when you're a streamer you generally find other people that stream and as like as networking you're making friends online if you've encountered someone in a game and you've had fun you might play again and things like that hmm. so so generally from there you kind of expand the network and fight and people follow you and you can reach out to those and things like that so and then it's like a friend of a friend type thing so you can generally, with sort of charity events, you can get, you're allowed a bit more to self-promote like that. For anyone listening to this, probably like me, who I, I game, but I've, I've never done anything like uh, what you've done with the, um, the streaming and, and fundraising from that. What advice would you say, if I, if I for example, wanted to, um, to follow your example and start a, a fundraising um, event or campaign over uh, Twitch, I think is what, what you mm-hmm. use, wasn't it? What, what advice, what steps would I need to go through in order to, to start that? Well, in terms of le- obviously learning how to, how to do it technically first, because obviously understanding the software to do it and things like that, uh, it's, it's similar sort of advice. Give yourself a long lead up to it. So generally when I'm planning a 24-hour stream, I start planning sort of three, four months beforehand. Mm-hmm. Because I want to make sure, so I want to get, make sure that the date works for the majority of people who are going to be watching. Yeah. Uh, I've got to also make sure the dates work with um, my, my partner as well at home. So it's obviously if I'm staying up late on a Saturday night, she's at work Sunday morning, it's a bit difficult. So, <laughs> so there's a few things like that. Then it's starting to work out what games we're going to play, what forfeits and donation goals we can have and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's the same sort of thing, even if you've not done it before. I would say the main thing to work out first is the technical aspect. So actually do some test streams, even if it's just for a couple of hours and just get used to playing games, make sure your microphone sounds okay, make sure your webcam's working, 
yeah. make sure that make sure all the technical things are out of the way. Mm-hmm. Because obviously on the day, if you're doing say even if it's a twelve hour street or something like that, when you're doing your event, you want to be focusing on interactions, make sure you're catching any donations and things like that, and and doing it all through that way. Yeah. So that would be the main sort of advice. Give yourself a long lead up and make sure everything technically is there. And then it's just about spreading the word. Um, Obviously, if you've not streamed before on Twitch, you may have to go through the sort of process explaining what the platform is and things like that, how they can sign up for an account. Um, Sure, sure. I had this with when I first approached Lancashire Minds to become a fundraising champion. They didn't know what Twitch was. So I actually went over to see them at their offices and, showed them a previous charity event I'd done and that and through that they kind of understood a bit more mm-hmm. so it's it's tricky but it's also making sure you just get the word out there to friends and people who might be interested in watching that, that you're holding this event at this time there were, there's twitch and there are other uh, platforms I think people can use and um, it seems fairly intuitive kind of getting it set up setting up accounts and then just um, you know, choosing choosing the games you want to play. So um, that sounds uh, that sounds like it's um, it's achievable for a lot of people, no matter their age or kind of skills with uh, with gaming. I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, sort of age, age, gender, sort of ability doesn't necessarily matter. Obviously, make sure you're having the hardware that can do the streaming as well. Because if so obviously, when you're streaming video, it uses extra resources on your PC. Mm-hmm, sure. So, for example, if you normally play a game on all high settings, mm-hmm. when you stream it, you may have to lower some of those settings so it, it runs smooth, it streams smoothly. So that's why I was saying previously, make sure you have a couple of test runs and make sure you've got the technical side working. So once you've got it set up and working, you don't really need to touch the settings again. Um, you approached Lancashire Mind, and uh, and they obviously got on board with it and supported you and everything. But uh, for those charities that are maybe listening to this show and, and thinking, you know, how can we ask our audience to do it? Do you have any advice for charities on how they should best support um, fundraisers who uh, want to do this, or even if it's possible, whether they can um, ask, go out and ask people to do it and recruit people to to a game online and fundraise for them? So I think it's um, so. If you look at special effects, they've got their thing called Game Blast coming up in February, right? And that's like a dedicated weekend where they're getting a bunch of people to stream games and raise funds for them. So they can kind of gear everything around that weekend. Uh, and so I'd say if you're a charity that's not necessarily delved into this space before, if you can reach out through obviously your volunteer and fundraiser networks to find someone who does this, hmm. they could give you information on what sort of things you need to provide. If you can provide like a page and a platform where they can get information about what you do, things like a £10 donation runs a helpline for an hour, things like that. Because what I as a streamer can then do is say, well, if I set a donation goal around £10, if I set like an incentive, like for £10, I'll do this. And if you donate £10, it runs this for an hour or does something, it kind of ties in that way. Right. So I think it's just a case of, because obviously charities aren't necessarily going to, they're not going to say no to someone who wants to raise funds for them. But I think if they're a bit more proactive and having some resource saying, but if you want to do a game, having a page on the website saying, here's 
then linking away to other places to say, here's how you set up a stream, making sure that the charity signed up with um, Just Giving, for example, and Tiltify if they can, which are like the main sort of fundraising platforms that streamers use and things like that. The main things I think that, from, from a charity point of view, I think if they can have... So for like for Lancashire Mind and other local mind ranch, for example, it's obviously like National Health Mental Health Awareness Day. Yeah. And then hashtag trends and things like that. So if there's if there's a charity, you can get resources set up on your website with a page and having things like graphics that I can include, like their logo on my overlay and things like that. Mm-hmm. It, that would help people then. It makes it easier for people to know how to set things up. Sure, sure. So I think from charity's point of view, regardless of size of charity and what the charity's for, mm. if you if you find that people are raising funds for you in that way, reach out to them and, and speak to them and say, look, how can we help you if you want to do this again? Yeah. I, I, and I think from that sense, you can then develop the resources and know what to create uh, and as for a, from a streamer point of view, if you if you stream on Twitch regularly and you're looking to do a charity stream, I would say you could, regardless of your viewership, you could definitely do it. I mean, I don't hit big view. I average, I think my average for the last couple of months has been like seven, eight viewers, right. which isn't a great deal of people watching generally. Mm-hmm. But if you give, if you plan out an event, promote it properly, and have the correct sort of goals and incentives set, then you can far outreach what you normally would do. Yeah. So I'd really encourage anyone who's wanting to do that to, to at least give it a go. Cause I think gaming has every so often gaming gets bad rep in the press. And it, it's good that when gaming figures come around and raise a lot of money for charity. Uh, and I think regardless of the size, I think it's a way that, anyone can anyone can fundraise through gaming so it's something i'd really encourage everyone to at least try once but andrew berry thank you for contributing to charity chat no worries thank you for having me on big thank you there to andrew berry for giving us his time and speaking so passionately about gaming and the fundraising opportunities this provides to fundraisers and charities. If, like me, you didn't know the first thing about setting up a Gaming for Good event, I'm sure you now feel a little more confident to give it a try, and uh, I'd urge you to give it a a shot and let us know how you get on. If you'd like to know about Gaming for Good, generally, do check out two previous episodes that we recorded, episode 67 with Lucy Squantz and episode 63 with Natasha Stone, Both of our contributors there were uh, really, really interesting to uh, speak to, and there's a lot of good stuff that came out of those chats. Um, We'd love to hear how you get on with your Gaming for Good event, as I say. It certainly seems to be a great opportunity and a growth area for charities seeking to raise more funds for the great work that they do in a particularly difficult fundraising climate. If you have any show ideas or suggestions for people uh, we could interview here at Charity Chat, please do get in touch with us by emailing info at charitychat.org.uk. There's also a form on our website, charitychat.org.uk. Or finding us on Facebook and Twitter is possible too. Please get in touch through there if you'd prefer. I would love to hear from you. Without you, 
there is no show and we're very grateful for you listening uh, so a big thank you to you all for listening and if you enjoyed it please do rate us on Apple Podcasts we'd, we'd really love that or give us some feedback if you didn't quite enjoy it and there are things we can do to improve we're uh, pretty thick skin so do get in touch uh, it's just left for me to thank our sponsors Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit Magda Axmit for the beautiful website design check it out at charitychat.org.uk RR Yard Photography for the lovely pro bono images on our website and Forest of Fools who have been playing throughout the show and are playing us out right now. That's it from me. I'll speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye.